You're listening to the West Conroe Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on West Conroe, please visit our website at wcbc.us. It's hard to be sad or mad or gloomy or doomy when you're praising God, when you're ascribing glory and honor, majesty to His name for who He is, for His attributes. Lifts your heart, lifts your soul. We're going to be continuing our series of messages this morning on prayer. And today we're going to be talking about total praise. How do we praise God? What do we praise Him for? We're going to talk about all those kind of things. Let me ask you to take your Bible and look with me this morning in the book of Revelation chapter 19. And we're going to begin reading in the first verse there. I want to thank everybody that showed up yesterday to help us uh, unload the trailers for Bethlehem City, if you can believe it. Bethlehem City is right around the corner. If you missed yesterday, I feel your guilt and shame, all right? <laughs> but we have, you have a chance for redemption. So two weeks from yesterday, uh, we're going to be doing construction day. We need about twice as many people there on that day as we did, had yesterday. And uh, we need a bunch of volunteers that are about half the age of most of us that were there yesterday. <laughs> And uh, uh, we'll, we'll get it done. And uh, so if you can, put that on your calendar a week from this coming Saturday, 8 o'clock up on the hilltop, weather permitting. If it's raining and stormy, we won't be doing it. But uh, we got to get it done pretty quick uh, because Bethlehem City starts uh, pretty soon. Also, how, do you like the foyer? You like the opened up foyer? It's bright. And... Um, that was a collaboration of a lot of folks, uh, a lot of the staff. I appreciate so much their input and work on, um, on getting that kind of refurbished, remodeled, freshened up, and opened up where we can have more room for folks to fellowship, where we can have information areas and centers. We also want to make it more user-friendly for our guests that come in. You know, many of you are, this is, this is your home, and so when you walk in those doors, you know where you're going. You know where you are, you know what to do, you know where to find coffee and everything else. Uh, but if, this, if you're a first-time visitor, uh, this place is pretty intimidating. And so we're going to have some more user-friendly stuff there to find information, to meet people that can take them somewhere, get them, get them places. But I want to thank all of those that have worked, especially want to thank Mike Sanders has worked. Uh, he worked up here a lot, doing a lot of that stuff. And... Um, Bobby and Tim Cantrell uh, gave us a lot of, uh, of uh, leadership advice, and uh, Robin Patterson, has, for the last two weeks, uh, you see all those new lights and that new ceiling out there, uh, Robin put in days of work with uh, other, other subcontractors doing that, and we appreciate that so much, and uh, just looks wonderful. Not quite done yet, going to be putting in some, some decorative stuff and some furniture and all those kind of things, but uh, 
I think most of the construction is done. So thank you so much for that. All right. Let me ask you to stand in honor of God's word. Revelation chapter 19, verse 1. John gets a glimpse into the third heaven. And he writes and says, After these things I heard, as it were, a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven, saying, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God, because his judgments are true and righteous. For he has judged the great harlot who was corrupting the earth with her immorality and has avenged the blood of his bondservants on her. And a second time they said, Hallelujah, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sits on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came from the throne saying, Give praise to our God, all you bondservants, you who fear him, the small and the great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty peals of thunder, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigns. God bless the reading of his word. Thank you. Please be seated. It was Easter morning, 1799. The small city of Feldkirk, Austria, woke up to a paralyzing realization that Napoleon and his French troops were camped right outside of their city and were about to take siege of the city. The people were trembling in fear. They were ready to hold up a white flag of surrender. But the bishop of the church there in Feldkirk had a different idea. With a trembling voice, he called the people together and he said, today is Easter Sunday. It is the resurrection celebration of our King. Let us have one more moment of triumph. And he said, I want all of the bells in the church to be rung. I want bells anywhere else in the city that you have them. Ring those bells in a chorus of praise to God. Well, the citizens didn't know exactly what to do, but they obeyed and they went to their places and soon the church bells began to chime and bells across the town began to ring. All over the town, there was a chorus of bells ringing on Easter Sunday morning, camped outside the city, ready to attack where Napoleon and his army What were they to make of all of these bells? What was the meaning of all this celebration? The only thing they could figure was that the Austrian army had arrived in the middle of the night to Felkirk and was ready to defend her and fight against Napoleon. Before the bells ever stopped ringing, Napoleon and his army had turned bout face and retreated. I want to tell you, there is power in praise to God. There is a reason we ought to pray. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about prayer of thanksgiving. And thanksgiving and praise are very 
close, almost intertwined. In fact, they're so similar that often we do both concurrently. We, we give thanks and we praise. But there is a difference between the two. Generally, prayers of thanksgiving are offered for what God has done, while prayers of praise are offered for who God is. Now, John records here for us this scene in heaven. It's referred to as the fourfold hallelujah. Multitudes of people, a sea of people, myriads. John uses the word multitudes, which means millions upon millions of people gathered around the throne, praising God, saying hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And they were praising God because of his salvation and his glory and his power that had been manifest because God had defeated that evil empire of the Antichrist and the Antichrist and the false witness had been crushed. And now multitudes are praising God in heaven. And I got news for you here this morning. If you are a believer in Christ, you are going to be in that multitude. This event hadn't happened yet. And you and I are going to be in that multitude and we're going to be praising God, shouting hallelujah to God. So if we're going to be praising God in heaven, it's pretty good to practice right now, right? We ought to. There you go. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The word praise, the whole idea of praise is powerful in Scripture. There are over 254 references to praise in the Bible. Now, that's amazing enough. That ought to tell you something. That ought to tell you that praise is pretty important. We ought to pay attention to praising God. But in addition to that, there are some 25 different words that are used to describe or to command us to praise. Now, unlike the Greek language, the New Testament was written primarily in Greek. Unlike the Greek language, the, the Hebrew language is, is very concrete. It's, it's almost like so that a child can under, understand it. And the, the Hebrew words for praise are very physical. They're very active. They're very instructive for us to talk about how do we praise the Lord? How should we praise the Lord? Many times we think, you know, well, the only way we praise God is when we sing. That's, that's praise and worship. Oh, no, there are more ways than one to do that. In fact, I'm going to give you eight Hebrew words this morning. All mean praise, but the root of those words mean even more than that. So let's jump right in here. And I know you're thinking, oh, man, I don't want to listen to Hebrew all morning long. Well, by the time we get done, you'll be a Hebrew scholar. So uh, it'll be a good thing. So here's the first word, halah. Halah. And the word halah, it's translated praise in your Bible, but it literally means to boast or to brag about God, even to the point of seeming foolish. I want to tell you, we got a great God. We got a God who is almighty, who loves you with all of his heart, who wants nothing but good for you. 
in your life. That's something to brag about. Now, I know we got a baseball team that is playing in some big game or something right now. <laughs> and I heard people in the hallway, Ghost Rose, Kay even did, Ghost Rose. You know, we brag on that baseball team, and that's fun to do. No, no problem with that. But I want to tell you, I got something a lot better than a baseball team to brag on. And his name is Yahweh. And he is your great God. And the psalmist writes about boasting about God in Psalm 63, verse 3. He says, because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise Halah thee. I'm going to boast about you, God, because you're the great God of loving kindness, of steadfast love. Halah, boast, brag about God, even to the point of seeming ridiculous. Second word, yada. Yada literally means to lift our hands, to praise God with lifted hands. Now, I know I'm preaching to Baptists here, and Baptists have shoulder lock, you know. <laughs> you kind of want to sometimes do that, but you don't know how, so, you know. And we think, well, this, this was created and reserved for our Pentecostal friends. <laughs> no. All the way back in the Old Testament, it tells us, praise God with lifted hands. It means to show our praise to him. It also means a cry of help. It is a sign of surrender, that I am surrendering my life to you, God. I praise you for who you are, and I surrender my heart. I surrender my will. I surrender my life to you today. Yada, the psalmist in Psalm 134, verse 2 says, Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. I was... I was reading an article this last week, and uh, I don't know who the guy was. I don't know how. I, I ran across it on Facebook or something. Uh, the, that was the second time this year I got on Facebook. But anyway, he was, he was really critical uh, about uh, expression of worship. And he talked about, you know, getting worked up into a frenzy, and we raise our hands, and, and we're just caught up in the emotion and I thought, friend, you need to read the Word of God. Because the Word of God tells us, lift your hands in the sanctuary and bless God and praise God. Yada. Number three, Barak. Barak. The word Barak is a little different because it means to give blessing. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds a little odd to me. How am I going to bless God. God has everything. He, he doesn't need anything. I, I have nothing to give him. But our praise blesses God. Every time you praise God, every time you give him honor, every time you ascribe to him glory, it blesses the heart of your heavenly father. Job talks about this in the book of Job. It's interesting Job had gone through the suffering of losing every possession he had, 
lost his children. The only thing he didn't lose was his wife. Almost lost his own life, lost his health. And Job responds in Job 121 saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed, Barach, be the name of the Lord. Job, in his agony, in his pain, in his loss, in his hurt, he said, I will praise God. God, I want to bless you. I want to make your heart happy. And so I lift my praise to you. Sometimes I don't think we realize how attached and how intimate God is with our worship of him and our praise of him. But he tells us our praise blesses his heart. Fourth word. Fourth word is tehila, not tequila. Tehila. <laughs> and it means to sing. It means to sing. Now it says nothing about the quality of your voice. Okay? It means just to open your throat and let it out and sing to God. Now, I know sometimes, and I've heard people say before, I don't sing very well, so I just don't sing at all. I can't sing like Alan. I can't sing like Lucas, so, so I'm not going to sing. Let me tell you something. You're not singing to Alan, and you're not singing to Lucas. Whatever sound you make out of your heart to God sounds perfect to him. And so he calls us to sing to him. To express our voice in song. Listen to this. In Psalm 22, verse 3, the psalmist said, Yet thou art holy, O thou who art enthroned on the praises of Israel. Now, this means a couple of things. One thing it means is that God inhabits the praise of his people. Here's a promise from God. God says, you praise me, and I will be there. I will come. I will be at your side. I will fellowship with you. I inhabit the praise of my people, says God. The other thing that this means is that God himself is our song. He is the breath of life to us. He is the joy of our heart. He is the, the song in the melody of our life. Tehila, praise God with song. Number four. Number four is the very similar to Tehila. It's the word zamar, and zamar means to pluck the strings of an instrument to make joyful music. Did you know you can praise God by playing an instrument? I wish I could still play instruments. I, I, I was in the band in junior high school. I played the trumpet and the baritone and the bass horn, the big tuba thing, you know. And the uh, reason I played three was I wasn't any good at any one of them. So they kept switching me, <laughs> trying to find something I'd be good at. And they felt, but it was fun. I love to play those instruments. And, and you, you may not be able to play an instrument, but... If you can, play that instrument as if God were your only audience and praise him with that instrument. I thank God for all of the 
pieces of music and, and, and instruments of music that God has given to us down through the ages. Now, for some reason, I want to tell you, and this is of Satan, for some reason over the last 25, 30 years, there's been kind of the worship wars, you know, what songs are we singing, what, what, what instruments are we playing. I'm not, go, I'm not going if they're going to have one of those drum sets up on that stage. I won't go to a church like that. I won't play. If they're going to have those guitars up there, I ain't coming. Those things don't need to be there. They're, they're, they're rock and roll instruments. Do you know what the church said about 150 years ago about this instrument right here? It will not be in our churches. This is a honky-tonk instrument. Yeah. 150 years ago, there were worship wars about bringing pianos into church because they were the instruments of the devil. Well, you know what? I love the psalmist in Psalm 150 where he says, praise the Lord. Praise him with the percussion. Praise him with the cymbals. Praise him with the loud crashing cymbals. Praise him, praise him with the flute. Praise him with the lyre. Play, praise him every creation. Man, if you can play an instrument, then play it to the glory of God. Psalmist says in Psalm 18.3, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, Zamar, and I am saved from my enemies. Did you know David was a musician? He played the harp. He played the lyre. Probably played the flute. And you're out there in those, with those sheep at night, soothing music would soothe those sheep and, and, and make them calm where they could go to sleep. God, listen, there is no bad instruments. Music can be used either for good or for bad. Take whatever music that you know, take whatever instrument you can play and use it for the glory of God. Zamar. Number, words number six and seven mean identically the same, so I'm combining them together. And those are the words of Todah and Shabak. Todah and Shabak. Now, today, if you go over to Israel and uh, you give, uh, give an Israeli a, a, a candy bar, they're going to look at you and say, Todah, because it's interpreted, thank you, now. But in the Old Testament, in Hebrew, Todah and Shabbat meant to shout loudly, to trust and give thanks to God even before he answers. It also used for clapping your hands together in praise to God. There is nothing wrong with clapping in the church house. There's nothing wrong with praising God in the church house. And so he says it's to shout loudly, to trust and, and give thanks to God. We go to, we go to football games on Friday night and we, we can't talk on Saturday morning because we shouted so much. We just go berserk. I almost did that last night, you know, watching, watching that. Did you see that grand slam? Hallelujah! That's what I said. Give that kind of energy 
give that kind of exclamation of praise to the Lord God. Shout loudly. Even, even before he answers. David was trapped by the Philistines in Gath. And David prays and he gives praise to God before God ever delivers him from the hands of the Philistines. Let me ask you a question. You ever been afraid? You ever been in a situation you didn't know the outcome? And I mean a situation that could be bad, a situation that could be a life or death situation. I, I talked to a little lady this morning. We'd been praying for her. She was going, I don't know what the problems were, but she was going for some tests, and it was a very serious situation. She walked out the door this morning, gave me a hug, said, Pastor, the tests are fine. You ever been in that kind of situation? The Word of God says, before you even know God's answer, give him praise. So David wrote Psalm 56 about this, this incident in Gath. And he says in verses 3 and 4, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee, in God, whose word I praise. God, I praise you. Even though I don't know the answer yet, even though I don't see the victory, I'm going to praise you. And then the last word is the word we're most familiar with, is the word hallelujah. Now, hallelujah is really composed of two words. The first one that we just said, halah, and then Yahweh. Literally, hallelujah is saying praise God. Praise God. It is a term of extreme exultation. God, I don't know any other way to praise you. God, I don't know how to express myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. These believers gathered around the throne of God after this tribulation period when, when so many were, were, were killed and murdered and destroyed. And now they're with the Father in heaven. We're with the Father in heaven. We're gathered around the throne by the billions. When John wrote that, he was on the Isle of Patmos. And John was surrounded by water, and so he was very familiar with the sound of many waters, the roaring, crashing waves uh, on the, uh, the seacoast. And John said, it, this voice has reminded me of the, the waves crashing on the beach, and they were just rippling through the crowds, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. That word hallelujah is a very special term. It's used sort of sparingly compared to the other terms that we have in the Bible. It's only used 24 times in the whole Old Testament. And ironically, and I don't know the reason for this, but it's only used in Psalms 104 to Psalm 150. In the other places, other words are used, but hallelujah is not found in the Old Testament other in those 46 Chapters. It's only used four times in one place in the New Testament. And you just read that a few moments ago in Revelation chapter 19. But it's a call to praise God. 
Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had prayer banners like these around the auditorium, but they weren't these prayer banners. They were banners of ministries and outreach and worship and all kind of other things. And we prayed for those ministries, and we, on another Sunday, we thanked God for things that had happened in those ministries. But today, it's a little different. So we're going to we're going to do kind of what we did. If you were there during those two weeks, we're going to do kind of the same thing that we did, but we're also going to do something a little different. So what I want you to do is I want you to look around, and I want you to find the banner that's closest to you. There are three banners on each side. There are two banners in the back. There are two banners up at the front, ten banners all the way around. Find the one closest to you. And in a moment, we're going to all stand up, and I'm going to ask you to move toward the banner that's closest to you. And then we're going to pray the prayer of praise to God. We're going to give him glory. We're going to give him praise. Now, I want to remind you, you can can praise God by bragging on him. You can praise God by lifting your hands. I had one lady come out of the early service this morning. She said, I lifted my hands for the first time. It was amazing. I mean, she had tears in her eyes. It was so moving to her. You may want to sing. In the early service, we broke out in song somewhere. Somebody started singing, and by the time we were done, everybody in the whole auditorium was singing praise to God. I don't know if you got any guitars there in your seat with you, but you may want to start playing those. Praising God with that. But I want you to praise God. Praise is powerful. Remember, God inhabits the praise of his people. When his people praise him, he is there. All right? So we're going to practice the prayer of praise. Let's stand together right now, and I want you to just move toward. You may not be able to move far. It may get really cramped up there. I understand that. It's not a problem. But I, I want you to move toward one of those banners. So we're going to let everybody kind of make their way and get there. Take just a minute. All right, you ready? Let's start praising the Lord. Father in heaven, I want to thank you that you are our Lord and our King. God, you are the Lord that
Some have already started singing this beautiful song. Let's sing it together and praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. God bless you. Thank you. If you will, return to your seats and for just a moment. We're going to wrap this up. I think you're going to sound good on that day. So what I want to do as we wrap this up, I want to give you just a summary a quick summary of two or three things about what we've said about praise. Number one, there are many, many different forms of praise, many postures of praise. Don't be critical of any. You may not be comfortable with some. You may be more comfortable with others. But remember, there are many different forms of praise. And I will tell you, your heart and your walk with the Lord will grow as you practice praise. As you practice different ways to praise. You know, I, I like to raise my hands now. And I, you see me from some time. And you're probably wondering, oh, my Lord's a pastor gone, you know, Pentecostal. No. I will tell you 30 years ago, 20 years ago, you would never see me raise my hand to the Lord. I don't do it because you're watching. I do it other times. When nobody's watching except God, I'm doing it to him. I'm not doing it for you. But you'll grow. As you practice different ways of praising God. Second thing is God's word calls us to praise him. My goodness, if we know our father in heaven who has given us eternal life wants our praise. Why would we not want to give it to him? God calls for us to praise him. I'll tell you something else about praise. And that is when you praise God, your heart is lifted. God may be blessed, but your heart will be lifted. It's hard to be sad or mad or gloomy or doomy when you're praising God, when you're ascribing glory and honor, majesty to his name for who he is, for his attributes. Lifts your hearts, lifts your soul. Finally, God revels. God revels in the praise of his people. So much so that he says, I am enthroned on your prayer. I will inhabit your prayer. I will be there. I will be with you. I will meet you where you praise me. Now, the, the result of our praise ought to be obedience. We ought to say, God, here I am. I want to be your instrument. I want to do. I want to do what you want me to do to bring glory and honor to your name. So there may be some here this morning. And you may say, Pastor, this is all kind of strange to me. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even, I'm not even sure I even know God. 
The greatest act of praise you could do today is to respond to him and say, Lord, I want to know you. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you. You come to him like that, God will never turn you away. He'll never disappoint. He'll always show himself loving and powerful to you. So there may be some of you in just a moment, we're going to have, we're going to have a response time. There may be some of you come and say, you know what, pastor, you're right. I need to know God. I want to make sure I know God. I want you to come. There may be others that say, you know what, pastor, I've been coming here and I believe God wants me to be a part of this church. For me, that's an act of obedience to God, and, and I want to give him praise in my life, so I'm coming today. I want to be a part of this body. I want to serve him and magnify him in my life. Others of you may want to say, you know what, I just want to come, and I want to keep praising God. I want to just come to this altar and praise his name, and I want you to do that. But our response to praise ought to be obedience to the one to whom we pray. Thank you for tuning in to the West Conroe Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. West Conroe Baptist Church is located at 1855 Longmire Road in Conroe, Texas. You can join us live every Sunday at either 8 or 11 a.m. in our main worship center or on our YouTube live stream. For information, sermons, events, and more, please visit our website at wcbc.us.